Hi everybody, welcome to the Scuba Diver Magazine podcast. I'm Mark, a former dive instructor. Um, the first news story, I was, um, I was kind of bummed about, not bummed about this, but it was the news broke when I was actually uploading last week's podcast and it, it's just such, it's one of those news stories that um, that you don't get that very often. So, uh, so yeah, I was kind of bummed that I didn't manage to actually get it into that podcast. But it's in this one, obviously. So this is... Um, this is in America off uh, the Pacific coast and a, uh, I believe it was a trio of divers. They were, they were diving off Catalina Island and it was a, uh, it was a young chap, his father, and they were diving with a friend called Pablo Avila and Pablo ended up losing consciousness near the end of the dive, surfaced the dive uh, with the other two. There was foam coming out of his mouth and they were they were beginning to rescue him, getting him out of the water. And in this weird coincidence, there was actually a team of extremely well-trained and experienced divers in the area who were doing a mermaid course. So everyone's sort of struggling to uh, to get Pablo out of the water as safely as possible and all of a sudden this group of mermaids show up and they they help them out so the one of the I think it was the instructor uh was called uh El Elania Garcia I believe uh who is a experienced scuba diving instructor as well as a mermaid instructor and they were teaching a rescue course uh, like a rescue mermaid course and and yeah, they, they ended up helping out. I think there was actually a photographer with them at the same time, or at least in the area, who managed to get a, uh, a few shots of the um, the whole rescue process. And yeah, so the group, they swam up to the divers. They um, they got into equipment removal to make things uh, like quicker and easier, giving them mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation in the water and towed them back to a stair entry at Casino Point where paramedics were already waiting because people on the shore had called for um, emergency medical care. Yeah, he was taken to the island's decompression chamber where he regained consciousness after several hours of, of decompression. Yeah, it is one of those amazing stories that just just so happens to uh, to happen. It's um yeah, it's, it's a very cool story. There's there's a handful of um, of photographs which are pretty cool of this yeah diver getting rescued by mermaids in pretty clear water. But yeah, this story it broke like for me on Friday afternoon as I was uploading the, the fully edited and um, and rendered podcast. So I didn't manage to get it into last week's news story just as the news was breaking. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was pretty cool. And yeah, that we're actually seeing more of this mermaid course when it was um, like first introduced. There, there were like mermaids at uh, like marine parks and things but it, it was never so um, like mainstream but now yeah of course there's a, a paddy speciality for it and luckily for them there was this dedicated group of of like free divers and experienced scuba divers uh yeah dressed up as mermaids because i believe at one point one of the um, the mermaids who was who was towing pablo out of the water her monofin became loose and it is tricky to to get propulsion uh, if your if your fins are coming loose. So that's when the photographer 
stepped in, kind of handed his camera to someone else, and he was wearing bi fins, so uh, so towed him out. And um, yeah, yeah, one of those weird, wacky kind of cool stories. And yeah, it's that's, that's going to be a um, a lifelong story for uh, for Pablo. Oh, did you know that I was uh, I was once rescued by uh, by mermaids in the uh, in the Pacific? That's pretty cool. A, a follow-up of a, a new story from a couple of weeks back, I believe. This is uh, is Paralens, and the uh, the underwater action camera manufacturer is confirmed to have filed for bankruptcy. Uh, so the Danish company, which has 39 employees, went into li- liquidation on the 18th of October, according to the PitchBook private capital database. So. Paralens was conceived by Danish product designer Martin Holmberg back in uh, 2015 when he came up with the idea for a dedicated underwater action camera. With three partners, he developed and launched the first Paralens dive camera model in 2017 following wide consultation with scuba divers and it uh, it was tested all over the place. And they managed to come up with this very clever camera with a built-in depth sensor that adjusted for white balance in varying depths. Funding for the launch was enabled by crowdfunding, and Paralens met its eighty thousand US dollar initial target within ten hours of it launching. So it, it was it was a popular concept. I think in total it, it managed to raise uh, about four hundred seventy thousand dollars through crowdfunding during the year. So they went into production. They had the uh, the Paralens dive camera. They eventually brought out a, oh, I think they called it the the Camera Plus or something. And then they brought out a new version called the Vaquita. Then they had the Vaquita Two, or I think they called it the second generation. That only went on sale, at least here in the UK, uh, probably about a month or two ago. And and yeah, unfortunately, it has been confirmed that the company has gone into liquidation. So the brand's website has now closed. Uh, consumer product and servicing queries have been diverted to paralegal Christina Anderson, and the uh, in the insolvency department of the law firm Horton. Uh, so yeah, it's it doesn't necessarily mean that we'll never ever see Paralens or something similar to Paralens again in the future. Uh, but yeah, it's um, it's sad news. Unfortunately, it's one of these things where it's the the Kickstarter company does quite well, but doesn't like rocket up into the stars. I think they did have some production issues with their app because the the app didn't always work perfectly, and and some things were it was it was a relatively young company, so that they can stumble at at certain points. But maybe one of the the bigger companies out there might sort of snatch this uh, this opportunity and uh, and put some kind of bid in. Um, and yeah, we might see it under a, a different flag. Uh, but yeah, sad sad news for uh, for Paralens. The next news story is, um, or actually the next two news stories involve quite deep, deep diving. Uh, The first one, I suppose you could technically call it diving, but you're technically in a submarine. This is Victor Vescovo. I've covered a few of his news stories. He's a, uh, he's the world's deep diving explorer. He, um, he had a, a special um, trying to think what you'd call it, like mission to dive in all of the deepest parts of the world's oceans. And he has his um, his Haldel Exploration System, or HES, which he's he's been doing a lot of this 
mapping of the extreme depths of our oceans and it was getting to the point where he could no longer like fund it the entire mission because yeah there's a lot of moving parts there was a lot of wages and he's just one man so um the the entire system has been sold for an undisclosed sum uh, to U.S. billionaire Gabe Newell, I think if you're like relatively young, you'll uh, you'll know who Gabe Newell is. He's of uh, like Steam fame and whatnot. I think he was originally in Microsoft, but then he created some. Um, uh, it's like a gaming platform, as I understand it. Uh, but yeah, has has a lot of money in his uh, in his back pocket. So um, so that's going on. He actually has a, a dedicated ocean exploration research organization called Ink Fish. So I think they have been working with Victor Vescovo during this HES um, like mapping system. So it, it kind of made sense for uh, for them to invest and uh, and buy up the, um, the 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 hardware. So the deal includes the hardware in the shape of Vescovo's research ship pressure drop and his ultra deep two person submersible, which is called Limiting Factor, which the retired U.S. Navy commander has piloted on multiple descents to the deepest unexplored parts of the ocean. Uh, also included is the Advanced Konsberg EM124 multi beam echo sounder and three robot landers so um yeah you uh, underwater exploration vehicles these the little robots yeah hes started life back in uh, in 2014 when vescovo financed the rapid development by um triton submarines of the limiting factor and in 2017 his company uh, caladan oceanic bought an ex-us navy submarine hunter and converted that into their mothership and sea trialed the entire system altogether including echo sounder and landers the uh, the following summer the first human descent to the absolute bottom of the atlantic ocean followed that december they were really quick in, uh, in getting um, to the real depths and vescovo went on to make the first solo dives in the deepest parts of the southern indian and arctic oceans by himself as well as the tonga trench he also became the fourth person to reach the bottom of the uh, the pacific the, uh, the mariana trench and um, he also piloted three or five descents, including the first solo dive to the Titanic in 2019. Uh, the first for 15 years since, um, oh, what's his name? James Cameron. I think he um, he's done a lot of this deep, deep submersible like solo dives. During Vescovo's like continuous expeditions over previous years they've managed to map four million square kilometers of seabed um 80 plus new seamounts and other undersea features named and potentially more than 40 new species have been identified so every time i can't remember the um uh, the statistic but they the scientists were saying that yeah every time they they go on a dive they come back with at least I forget the number, but I want to see five new undiscovered species. So just incredible work. And um, when he was talking to uh, to Divernet this uh, this July, Vescovo said, "While I have some degree of means, I, I don't have the personal uh, capability to fund a ship and a submersible of this caliber constantly, indefinitely." Um, and then said that I'm hopeful in the next six to twelve months I'll find a potential buyer that could actually fund it in such a way that it can continue its scientific efforts. Of course, he could only run it for for so long, but he didn't want it to just end up on a scrap heap. Um, he wanted it to continue working because there's, there's so much information that uh, that can be gained. And yeah, luckily now it's um, it, it has found a, a buyer. 
asked if he would miss the system. He uh, he answered, of course, it's uh, it's a part of his life. But one thing that he said that he didn't or he won't miss is the bureaucracy and the paperwork. He was always amazed by the amount of paperwork and the people and like systems that all of this paperwork had to go through and jump through hoops just to do like pro bono research in like different countries' um, oceans. One wouldn't think that it would be such a problem, but there seems to be an instinctive bias to say no to exploration in countries' exclusive economic zones, and that results in some permits sometimes taking years to obtain. So it's just nuts that he had to jump through so many ho hoops and uh, yeah, it's just spent so much time just waiting for permits to go through so many different agencies to then get approved and then one person oh you forgot to fill out your s26 form or whatever uh it is just became frustrating but luckily that's that's not his uh, his sort of problem anymore but yeah let's move on to uh, to gabe newell he, uh, he became a millionaire as a lead developer of the Windows operating system asset, uh, leaving after 13 years to found the video game company Valve, which he still part owns. And at the moment, Forbes has estimated his net worth at uh, 3.9 billion US dollars. So, um, yeah, who, who knows how much of that went into, um, into buying this HES system. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll see some more um, sort of cool footage and some new species coming out of the, um, the limiting factor. And sticking with deep diving, the woman who's acclaimed by Guinness World Records as the world's deepest female scuba diver has pushed her own limit and um, uh, extended her world record by a further 10.6 meters beyond the one that she set in March last year. So this is South African technical diver Karen Vanderover. She descended to 246.65 meters on open circuit in the renowned Bushman's Hut cave system in the, in the Northern Cape province of, of South Africa. Um, so this dive site if you um, if you search for it, there, there are plenty of videos of technical divers going into this cave system because it's it's relatively narrow in the uh, in the opening, and then once you get down to a certain depth, it just opens up to this huge cavernous system, and it's incredibly deep as you can imagine, and a lot of um, especially South African technical divers sort of use this as a, um, a real slight testing area. One particular complication of this is that the, the site actually lies at an altitude of 1.5 kilometers above sea level. So it's technically altitude diving at the same time. So that really throws an extra little um, complication. If, if you're just doing it at ocean depths, it's relatively simple, but then you're adding in altitude into the um, into the equations. You've got to um, like rewrite everything in your um, in your like instincts and your uh, your dive calculations. The entire dive took place on the 27th of October, and it was eight hours and 11 minutes. Obviously, with uh, a majority of that, the just decompressing, coming back up. I think now we're still waiting for uh, Guinness World Records to properly verify it uh, because they, they take time. Obviously, there there wasn't a, a guy or a girl in a, um, in a nice suit with a clipboard down at 246 meters waiting for her. Um, so yeah, they, I think they have to 
verified like dive computers and footage of uh, sort of whatever she brought down with her. So yeah, they, they, they're not going to just sort of tick it off just because she spent eight hours and 11 minutes under the water out of sight. Um, yeah, they actually have to verify that she did go to, uh, to that depth. After the event, uh, Karen, of course, said a massive thank you to her amazing dive team from um, somewhere out there diving uh, or SWAT and uh, and they said without you none of this is possible um, so she would have had like backup divers continually coming down to at a certain depth to uh, to meet up check up with her um, bring any supplies and uh, messages backwards and forwards and um, yeah make sure uh, make sure that she was okay and um, yeah I think she actually trained with uh, with Nuno Gomez who's another um, cave dive record holder i think it's um 282 meters he um he's gone down to again in uh, in bushman's up and um yeah he he's publicly congratulated karen on her um, sort of incredible achievements yeah these are always a um uh what a, a, a tricky thing you always want to uh, to congratulate them but with that like new depth record it kind of not encourages but it's it almost invites other divers to break the record which can be dangerous i mean karen said that she she first wanted to um to to break this world record in 2004 and she, back in 2006 she she begun technical diving and it isn't until like recent years where she's actually made the attempt so she's managed to make sure she's done it gradually and properly it's not just a you know what i think i'm gonna break the world record for deep diving um it's it's not something that you just do the following year or you train is it's not a marathon it's it, it's this humongous planning and logistical complicated system um so yeah it's take take your time don't just um don't just jump into it and uh, and sort of claim that you're gonna break this new world record you, you need to put the the hours in and like real real hours even years in to uh, to break these kind of world records um but yeah cool good amazing news because it is a, a huge feat so uh, so congratulations bzac the british sub aqua club have released their annual diving incident report and looking through it the 16 scuba diving deaths occurred in the united kingdom or our waters in 2021 um two of them on a single dive instead of multi-dives and in 10 of the incidents the casualty had either become separated from their buddy uh, or diving team or they'd started out solo diving so there was a high correlation between like divers diving by themselves and actual um, uh, fatalities so that's something worth like considering especially um, in uh, in like sort of poor visibility make sure you maintain buddy communications and uh, and you're in close proximity to your buddy at all times uh, not even just in uh, in poor visibility but all over the world wherever you are stay close to your buddy um obviously not like kicking distance but so much so that you you shouldn't ever be uh, be separated um looking at the statistics the average age of fatalities was 55 years old and in four cases there was enough information to conclude that natural causes were a factor so this is something that they've been drumming into us for the past few years now to make sure that you're physically up to the dive um so 
go to your uh, your doctor and just have a, a double check if you're ever in um, uh, if you're ever unsure about your your physical health, your heart health especially. Uh, make sure that you are fit and able for um, for the dive and um, yeah, yeah. Just just try and be as um, peak physical peak physical condition as you uh, sort of possibly can. Um, the information is uh, included in the just published uh, British Sub Aqua Club's annual diving incident report. Uh, the comprehensive analysis of trends in um, uh, in diving incidents. There will be a, a digital copy that you can have a look through. It's definitely worth. It's not the most fun reading, but it's definitely educational. Um, and it applies to divers outside of the United Kingdom. It doesn't have to be British divers, obviously. But the, uh, the report analyzes the, the background to reported diving incidents involving divers from all different agencies and backgrounds, as well as some occurring to BZAC members overseas. Um, half of the 16 UK deaths involved the, uh, the, the BZAC club members. So since the, uh, th this report itself, I think it started in, uh, in 1965, and they've been monitoring certain like causes and attributes to try and keep track of how and when these um, like diving incidences uh, occurred to help just create safety briefings for safer diving practices going forwards. From April 2021, the number of incidents reported suggested that the scuba diving activity had largely returned to pre-pandemic levels uh, during the year. So, of course, in the in 2020 and arguably in 2021, the number of UK fat, uh, fatalities had uh, fallen down to six because fewer people were going out scuba diving. So, yeah, logically the number of uh, diving fatalities would reduce. But now that we've come out of all lockdowns, people are going scuba diving again. They're dusting off their regulators. And, um, and yeah, numbers are returning to pre-pandemic levels. But they're not... They're not necessarily accelerating, which is quite nice to see. It's not that people have been vegetating at home during lockdown and then they're going scuba diving again and then numbers of, uh, of diving incidents or fatalities have vastly increased. So that's quite nice to see. One thing that was quite interesting was that there were fewer... A uh, fewer proportion of incidents starting at the surface was down significantly, which was quite interesting, which obviously goes on to mean that consequential um, there's a significant rise in the number of reports in which depth information could not be um, sort of ascertained either that the incidents were happening under the water instead of on the surface which is usually one of those uh, as an instructor if something's going to go wrong it was more often that something would go wrong on and around the surface because Divers, they start to remove equipment and you're still in and around the water. So there is a higher chance of something bad happening around the surface. And um, and yeah, the, the data is now starting to, to show that surface numbers are uh, are decreasing, which is quite interesting. Um, so maybe it's, it's something happening underwater seems to be um, on the increase as numbers aren't fluctuating. If it's not happening on the surface, then it's got to be happening somewhere deeper down. Um, immersion pulmonary edema, IPO, is noted as a possible factor in at least 12 of the incidents. Um, so that was quite interesting to see. Um, I, I did a couple of videos on snorkel safety, which involved uh, IPO. And it's it's effectively where when you're 
when you're breathing, if you're having to inhale quite hard, it can literally draw moisture out of your like bloodstream into your lungs and kind of cause you to like almost drown from the inside. Um, so that seems to be on the on the increase. So yeah, but the general recommendations are if you feel any kind of weirdness about your regulator and you you feel any kind of resistance, you're finding it harder to uh, to breathe. It's better just to end the dive, ascend safely, get out of the water um, instead of just continue on with the dive because chances are that something could be just building up in your uh, in your lungs. So yeah, it's uh, it's better to err on the side of safety. But yeah, I'll pop a um, a link if I can find it to the um, uh, like safe diving guide and and the diving incident report for 2021. And yeah, just have a good read through it. It's um, yeah, as I said, it's it's not the most fun of uh, or entertaining of uh, of read, but it is educational and it is interesting and it is definitely worth uh, taking all of that information on board because there could just be some little red flag that if you haven't read it you might not notice but if you do read it you might notice it on a subsequent dive um, that could help um, sort of like prevent a scuba diving incident in the future so uh, yeah it is definitely worth just digesting the information and, um, and carrying that in the back of your mind. Andy Torbert and Sunto have recorded a, uh, a very unique 360 degree short film in a French cave system. I think it was in, is it Lot? Uh, let me just look that up. So Sunto asked him and his, uh, and his cave exploration team to record this very unique three-dimensional film. And yeah, he... There's an interesting story on on divernet.com which which breaks down everything that the the whole team had to go through because it's it's not it's not as simple as just taking a GoPro under the water because especially in a cave system where there's no natural light and if you know anything about cameras if you have if you have a wide field of focus you're trying to get everything in focus you need a ton of light so you have to bring that down with you in this cave system and now that you've got 360 degree cameras you've got cameras pointing in all different directions you still have to have that light there is a um a version of this video on vimeo uh, that you can watch for free it's um it's one of those videos that if you click and uh, and drag the video, you can like look around in all different directions. And it's, they said it is basically for like novice divers and not even divers to yeah experience that cave diving system and and actually see what it's like on a uh, on a cave dive. But you can also use like VR goggles like the Oculus Go to actually experience this dive and like look around and follow these cave divers in this cave system. So yeah, here it is. So this wasn't aimed at divers so much as the um, as the, the general public was like the key audience to promote and inspire people about the possibilities and the spectacle of this submerged realms. Um, uh, Andy goes on to say, I, I believe the, the virtue of 360 is to transport someone to a place that they could never otherwise experience because, yeah, it takes a ton of experience and cave diving isn't for everybody. So if you want to be able to experience it, 
instead of just getting the odd photograph every now and then or a uh, or a just flat video clip of someone cave diving to be able to actually like presently be there with a 360 degree camera is just very very different so that's pretty cool if you want to uh, if you want to check that out again i'll pop links down in the uh, in the description or if you head over to uh, to divernet.com it's it's one of their um, like running stories it is definitely worth having a look through the uh, the story because um the, they had like an interview with uh, with Andy Talbot and they, they've gone through how he, how he set up all the equipment and all the other divers that they required um because it's it's yeah as I said it's, it's not as simple as just plug plug in the GoPro and just hit the little button on top you um you have to like set up the camera ahead of time out of the water and as soon as it's in that uh, underwater housing that's kind of it so you have to have your iso set up and all the different um uh, like camera settings the, the the aperture and the frame rates and all that kind of stuff you have it set up for something that you're not going to see until like another half hour to an hour so it's um it's very tough to to record those kind of things um but yeah it is an interesting reason and um yeah if there is like a description wherever you're listening to this i'll, I'll pop it down in there Looking at Dima, because it's been Dima week this week, um, the only real thing that caught my eye this week was a, a, a folding pair of fins, which I thought was, was kind of cool, uh, just something a little bit different, because we didn't see anything from uh, what's called Hydroid, that like helmet rebreather, I don't think we saw anything of that at this uh, this Dima, they're, they're still like tinkering away uh, behind the scenes, but this was a, a company, I think they're called Exotech. And they produced a pair of folding fins, but they don't fold in the middle, like some, like where the the foot pocket and the blade you can separate them. This one, the actual blade itself, if you think of like a an umbrella that like stretches out, but you can also like fold it back. It it kind of collapses in on itself like that. Um, it's made again for for traveling. And, uh, and storage to tackle those kind of issues and um, yeah something just a little bit different uh, I, I think they're in the uh, like Kickstarter campaign so if you search for uh, sort of Exotech Kickstarter you should be able to find their um, uh, their Kickstarter campaign but um, yeah just something a little bit different this like hinging pair of fins that uh, that opens out um, I don't know I don't know how that's going to affect your your fin kick style um but yeah it's just something a little bit different maybe this uh, maybe this has legs we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that but otherwise not a huge deal of uh, like groundbreaking new stuff i did notice that scoom pro has released a new like vintage style of their everflex arch boots which um uh, i mean i use some i can use the uh, the everflex arch i just find them a bit more comfortable compared to a lot of standard diving boots they're a soft sole boots but they're a bit more like ergonomically shaped for uh, for feet and now they've um, they've really leaned into their like vintage style scuba pro has been doing this for uh, for a few years now in that they're, they're leaning into their like heritage side because they've been around since like the 50s or 60s whenever they um uh, whenever they came into fruition and instead of like being all black they now have this like white or grayish white sole to it which is pretty cool and all the all the traditional features of the uh, the everflex arch their five mil boots they've got their uh, their x-foam neoprene and the um 
uh, the diamond span like interior lining to keep your boots nice and warm. They're zipperless, so there's no zipper to just aggravate you. I'm not a huge fan of zippers on boots because when, when they do up, you've got something rigid right against your ankle bone and chances are by the end of the dive, the zipper has unzipped itself. So um, I'm, I've never been a, a huge fan of zippered boots, but these ones, yeah, once they're on, they're on and then uh, they slip off just as easy um, without a zipper. So yeah, if you're in the market for a new pair of boots and you want something a little bit retro, something a bit different, um, yeah, Everflex Arch, there's a, a new version, but that's about it. Um, this is the kind of boring time of year, unfortunately, for, for new gear. Um, <clears throat> If you're in for a bargain, it's kind of a good time because we have um, Black Friday. So I imagine a lot of the dive centers out there are just going through their um, their listings and everything that they have in stock in the moment. And they're coming up with Black Friday um, deals. And there's probably going to be like some free transmitter offers. They're pretty uh, common for, uh, for dive computers or at least reduced rate um, transmitters for dive computers and octos as well uh, again with scuba pro it's pretty common to uh, to get like a a free r195 octo or a, a reduced rate r195 uh, octo if you're buying a new set of regulators around this time of year especially christmas as well um so yeah if you're in the market for some new gear it might be worth just holding out like a couple of weeks at least seeing what's going on at um at Black Friday just to see what some dive centers are doing and uh, and investing in it then. Otherwise, um, yeah, sort of maybe wait for uh, for Christmas. But um, yeah, this as far as new gear, we kind of have to wait until around February. That's when you start to see new gear actually arriving for the uh, 2023 diving season. There are a couple of things that I've seen early um, behind the scenes that I can't really talk about. So there is some new stuff coming, uh, which is kind of interesting, but um, yeah, for uh, for now, it's uh, it's really just holding out for uh, for Black Friday, seeing what's um, uh, what's going to be available. Otherwise, something that's quite interesting for um, for Scuba Diver Mag, if you go to app app.scubadivermag.com, we're trialing a new digital version of our magazine. I think there's one or two editions. Um, up there at the moment you can actually download an app onto your phone both on um, on android and ios so um, so that you can read the magazine on the go on your mobile phone it's made to be more mobile phone friendly so you can navigate the magazine you can read the articles but you can also like flip pages like a traditional magazine and uh, and go backwards and forwards there's like a table of contents so you can jump backwards and forwards pretty easily um yeah, I think there's one or two editions um, up there that you can have a look at for free. And um, yeah, just it, it really is at the moment. Just let us know if you get on with it. Uh, if there are any bugs or something, um, then then let us know and we'll, we'll forward that to the uh, to the IT guys and girls. And um, yeah, just um, sort of worth checking it out. Otherwise, yeah, hit up the, uh, the magazine, scubadivermag.com and all our other social media platforms uh, if you search for at scuba diver mag you should be able to find us on on all the interesting social media platforms and uh yeah follow the um the channel for all the interesting things that we do um what did i do so this week i did a top 10 um oh not safe diving safety safety stop like tips things to do during a safety stop and like 
try and stay horizontal as much as possible. Don't grab onto the actual um, rope line if you can avoid it because they can yank you around and they can, can be quite sharp. So they can like damage your hands or your gloves or, uh, or whatever you're holding onto it. Those kinds of things. It's worth swimming um, along during your rear safety stop. Because one thing that I find with a lot of divers is that as soon as they hit that safety stop, they kind of switch off and they end up staring at their dive computer for three minutes. And you're like, why? You, you just, why are you just watching a countdown on your dive computer when you're still actually scuba diving? You can still look around, stuff is still gonna happen. And even if you are doing a safety stop like out in the blue um, on like a, sh uh, uh, what you call it, a, um, a drop tank or something, then you can still play like tic-tac-toe with your uh, your buddy or practice your bubble rings or do something interesting instead of just like hang there, just staring at your dive computer, watching that little two become a one. It's, um, it's really not that fascinating. And um, just a few other considerations like, yeah, if a boat is picking you up, it's worth swimming away from the, uh, from the reef. Um, so that because boats they're not going to come too close to it to a reef to uh, to pick you up so you're going to end up doing a surface swim anyway uh, obviously you need a dsmb for that so the boat knows exactly where you are on under the water keep some tension on that line because if you like lose tension one your boy is just gonna flop over so it's a lot harder for boats to see it but also you've got slack line in the water uh, just Ropes and string in the water are just pure evil, especially when they're neutrally buoyant because they just have a mind of their own and they know exactly all they want to do is tangle you and your buddy up. So yeah, keep a lot of tension on that line so it doesn't get tangled up in anything. Uh, just kind of stuff like that, just to uh, sort of improve your, your safety stop just time under the water. Um, otherwise, ask Mark. Um, Oh, there was one great question and it was about deep stops. Someone was doing a, um, a dive, just a normal charter dive somewhere there, I don't think they said, and um, and their dive computer like instructed them to do a deep stop, but the, the dive master said, nah, deep, don't, don't bother with deep stops. Um, and she, she said, um, I think it was a she, um, they, they said that they couldn't find like a definitive answer online and um which is kind of funny because there isn't a, a definitive answer especially when you get into like deep stops and decompression stops so um yeah i i can't i briefly broke that down because deep stops they're a bit old-fashioned now um especially for like recreational diving if you're only diving to 30 meters then no you really don't need deep stops um and most dive computers you uh, most divers just end up switching deep stops off. And it's just a different way of doing that decompression profile, but you end up spending more time at greater depths. So you're still on gassing in a lot of tissues. And it's just, no, I, I think most most people, the general consensus is just, no, don't bother with uh, with deep stops. Try and do your, um, your decompression stops later on in the dive, especially on like recreational dives. Just do that like five meters stop. Um, and yeah, other like general questions. I think there was one about uh, air integrated dive computers on like a 600 pound budget, which is pretty tight. But again, around this time of year, around Black Friday and Christmas, you can tend to find, um, yeah, like, special bundles where you get a, uh, a cheaper 
um, transmitter when you buy it with this um, with this dive computer. So um, so yeah, and that's what I was talking about. Otherwise, check out the uh, the YouTube channel um, where most of my content goes, and uh, yeah, do do subscribe there. Um, we, we're just coming up to nineteen thousand um, subscribers, so I really want that number to get as high as possible and kind of ride this wave because it tends to slow down around Christmas time. People tend to uh, like forget about scuba diving whilst they're on their like Christmas holidays and stuff. But um, yeah, people are still scuba diving. So if you are into uh, scuba diving, you did listen this far into the podcast, uh, then please head over to, uh, to YouTube and subscribe to the channel. Uh, otherwise, that's it. Uh, if you've got any interesting questions or scuba diving questions that you want me to answer in one of the, uh, the weekly shows, uh, just pop the comment in any of the YouTube um, videos. I find them on um, uh, on YouTube at um, at Scuba Diver Mag and use the uh, the Ask Mark hashtag to um, to really sort of highlight so I can see it behind the scenes. Otherwise, that's it for this week. Um, thank you for listening, everybody, and of course, safe diving. <laughs>